0: Welcome to the real shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney and this is Brittany. On today's episode, we're gonna wrap up our little series uh, of divorce and end of relationships with talking about the aftermath. What comes after the end of a relationship? What's next? How do we pick up the pieces from whatever we're left with a po- in a positive way? Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> struggling today?
1: Yeah. So last time we we talked about when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, when you're going through the divorce, things like that. And so we definitely want to kind of, we, we have a lot of people that have written into us and people that are talking about going through this. Like what about afterwards, people that are kind of left in, you know, the depression, the anxiety, trying to figure out how to share their kids, figure out how to co-parent, how, how, to, to, move how to move forward, how to date again, yeah, how to be a single parent. At now, so a lot of that, um, and then how do you do it in a positive way? So today we actually have a guest on our show, Sean Romero, and he is the host of the Faithfully Led podcast. Um, awesome, awesome dude! He is a U.S. Air Force vet, single father of four, yes, four, coach, mentor, and motivational speaker who strongly believes in helping people live exceptional lives and overcoming their darkest trials through faith. So really awesome guy. Sean, say hi to everybody.
2: What's up everybody. What's going on. You know, aftermath, that kind of sounds like a, like a rap album. Didn't like Dr. Dre bring that out. (laughs) The (laughs)
1: The
0: aftermath.
2: Aftermath.
0: Our own divorce rap (laughs) rap series.
2: What's going to be on the ones and twos, you know, Brit and I (laughs) are going to be having a rap battle because we're from the East coast. You know, it's all good.
0: I like it. You guys know I can't rap.
1: So no. (laughs) Where I lack in rapping, I pick up in dance, dancing, <laughs> do my dance skills. People that follow us on Instagram can see all of my awesome dance moves. So, um, so Sean, let's give the listeners out there, just give us a little brief intro of yourself. Um, kind of where you're from, how many, you know, tell us about your kids, how long have you been doing your podcast, things like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, so you know, originally I'm from New York City. Right now I live in South Jersey, right outside of Atlantic City, you know, Jersey Shore, you know. Um and Is it really
1: Jim uh, Tan Laundry? Is that like
2: you know, that's up north. <laughs> and I have some, some ah. good stories about that, but you know, we won't go there <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, but uh but yeah, it's it I have four kids, uh one of whom is my stepdaughter, she lives with me, and uh, you know, I have three of my own been divorced for about a year now a little over a year now and uh you know it, all it's it's just been a crazy crazy experience this past year it, i literally was i went from being in the air force you know i resigned february 8th 2018 and then signed my divorce papers february 13th and then so i went from having this full-time career in the air force and then having a family to literally having no family and where I live, I have no family whatsoever, like no extended family, anything. It's literally just me. All her family's around me, all her friends around me. So I'm like in the middle of like, a, you know, enemy territory, if you will, know, you
0: <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and it, just, and it was just me. So, you know, I had to take on the role of like, you know, be that stay at home dad and, you know, went through all those struggles of the anxiety and the depression. And, and then where my story comes in with her, she literally, when she moved out, when we got separated, she literally moved right next door. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like the only thing that separated us was a fence. I think, no. Britain, I think you, you and I were talking about we're literally <laughs> 50 yards. I'm not kidding. You. I could look out my kitchen window and look into her apartment, you know, living room. I'm not kidding. Oh, you.
0: oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Talk yeah. about
0: hard trying to move on after, after that.
2: Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. So, you know, the anxiety and the depression just set in and stuff. And I had to see her go through all that stuff and what she was doing. And, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot to take on. So
1: Okay, Sean, so wait. So how long were you married then, did you say?
2: I was, we were married nine and a half
1: years. Okay, so. nine and a half years. And then you've been divorced now for a year? Yes. <clears throat> okay, you need to, we need to get here, man. You need to tell listeners <laughs> what happened. Because listen, Sean has the craziest story. <laughs> so we kind of covered wit, right? An affair that ended her marriage. Um You know, we talked about
0: Scott on who had the opposite, where he, yep, his wife had had an affair. Scott walked
1: out on him, had an affair. We talk about why people stay in toxic relationships, but Sean's got a story that is a whole different level here.
2: Yes, and I'm telling you, I've got all right. So here's it goes. So in 2008, you know, we got married. Okay, so um, and at the time, I was just I was transitioning to a different job in the air force. I was going from I was originally just a mechanic on uh, fighter jets, on F-16 fighter jets. And then I was becoming a a flight engineer. So I was going to fly for the Air Force. So I was going to be gone a lot. And uh, so in 2008, and then we're nine and a half, about nine years apart, about eight and a half years apart in in age. So I'm I'm older than she is. So we just had our daughter, Chloe, and stuff like that. So I go off to flight school, and it happens. Okay, so, you know, she starts, you know, I get the – the phone call from the girlfriend of the baby daddy saying, Hey, your wife is messing with, you know, my man, which is her baby daddy, you know? And I'm like,
0: Ooh.
2: wow. You know, I'm in Texas. I'm in trying to, you know, just trying to focus on all. So, and that's like really how our marriage kind of started out. And we went through all the years we separated in 2013. We were for almost a year because of the same thing, I mean, <clears throat> It's like this. You hear Dear John's letters, especially like people like myself in the military and stuff like that. They'll go away for deployments and they'll come back and then you have a Dear John letter. Where It was kind of like that for every single time I deployed, but also like every time I would go to work and come back home. I didn't know if I was going to have a Dear John letter. Oh my God. Yeah, it was crazy. So, but I mean, there was, I I don't want to completely knock it because there were great times. I can't can't deny that. There was awesome times, you know, where we're, you know, completely in love. If not, you know, I wouldn't have like, all the kids I have now yeah so <laughs> true, you, know, obviously.
0: you know how they're made
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know especially Stella she was my Korea baby I went away deployed for to Korea for four months I come back home and then two months later I'm getting deployed again and I get two days before I leave it's like hey we're pregnant I was like oh great good thing I'm going to Vegas I played tables you know trying to make up some cash but uh <laughs> so but <laughs> but anyway so yeah so, you know, we had all these ups and downs, all constantly ups and downs in our in our marriage until finally it just kind of culminated to like, I guess she was just tired. She just, she wanted to do what she wanted to do. That's really it. I mean, and in the marriage, I'm going to say this, <clears throat> obviously no marriage is perfect. You True. both have, you know, you both do wrong. There's, there's no question about it. It just depends on who did what and what was the breaking point. You really can't sit here and go, you know, hey, this person did everything wrong while you did. That's that's a complete lie. It's a bunch of BS. It's wrong. And then because when you get into the aftermath of this, you really have to, you know, you really have to debrief. You really have to really look deep inside you, say, all right, what happened? And that's really what happened to me. Because when she left me, she left me for another guy who literally lived 600 yards up the road from me. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yikes. Yes.
2: And uh, so it it was a lot of stuff that went on with that too. I almost took the guy's head off. Um, and, uh, like literally, like when I went to his house, I was like,
1: you guys bro. see East coast, right? And it's yes. funny because they're, they're like, when he's mm-hmm. always like, Brit's going to end up in prison. Right? No, it's like, it's just, she's a fighter for sure. We're, we're, this, it's East coast. We're just fighters. Yeah. We're feisty.
0: Yeah, you, you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm knocking on the door, asking for some pie. I'm sorry, bro. And I'm telling you, you ain't got none. You're going to get hurt. All right. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> all right. That's it. It's the way it goes. But
1: uh, so she, so she, she's with another man now. At
2: this point, at okay. this
1: point, so okay. you
2: kind of see where this is going. So, so yeah, she, uh, she was with another guy. She was, she was with that dude for a little bit, and then that's really kind of what set things apart because she was so involved with that that I just took over the kids, and that's all I did was to take care of the kids. So fast forward to so about maybe six months after the divorce, and I seen people i seen one person coming and out you know and i'm like look right you know it's just like there it was just you know a friend from work or whatever
1: okay because this is the so she's now over there where you can look out the window and kind of see yes. this apartment yes. too Yeah,
2: <laughs> literally right next door she's right next door and it's like I got accused of like being a stalker, but when I came out my apartment, <laughs> yeah, I come out my apartment, I get into my car, and I can look directly at her car. It's like I can't avoid it. Okay, there's no avoiding it. You
0: Can't help but be a stalker.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can't avoid it. You know, I'm just literally I, all I'm doing is going to my car, I'm going to the gym, and her car is right there. It's like
1: this Do is what the me funniest know? thing ever. <laughs> I, I can't being a stalker. You live right next door. <laughs> like yeah, I just so- looked over at the. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, that's fucking like, behavior
2: right there. I, I couldn't even keep my kitchen windows open because I'd hear her talking trash about me. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. It's like, really? So <clears throat> oh I'd, close, I'd, I'd cuddle into the living room and like turn up the volume of the TV just so I could <laughs> round out the noise.
1: I could hear her talking trash oh
2: all the time. So it's ridiculous. So,
1: okay. I mean,
2: so so anyway so you know i see her come you know in and out whatever and then at this point cuz our our communication and it's something we will touch on later that you know our communication was like non-existent i mean completely non-existent even if she was right there we, there wasn't even smoke signals it just it just <laughs> was not working <laughs> it was not working so you know cuz it was always just such a huge contention like i was upset i was angry because i resented her for leaving me for cheated on me four times that I knew of in the marriage, you know, and now that last time was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm like, I, I can actually see this playing out here. I am, you know, stepping up, taking care of the kids and she's doing what she wanted. So it was kind of, you know, very frustrating. So,
0: resentment, for sure. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so like I said, fast forward, kind of hearing things that, you know, her and her, boyfriend, whatever, just kind of just went their separate ways, whatever. And, and I, so I kind of knew <clears throat> that she kind of just, she, she hasn't been alone, like her alone, alone herself since like she was a teenager. Okay. So I see somebody coming in and out. So I was kind of figuring like, oh, well, our communication's getting better. And I'm like, something's up. There's something up. And uh, come to find out she's dating a woman. Oh yes.
1: Dun dun dun. Uh,
2: There it is. She decided to jump teens. And uh it is what it is. (laughs) It is yeah, so to
1: this day, so she is openly gay to this day.
2: Yes, yes, she's still she still has a girlfriend, they live together, they they rented a place together. You know, but I much prefer it that way because our communication is awesome. <laughs> it's like,
0: really? It's, I was just going like, to ask you if that was harder for you to deal with. No. No. A or, no, that was easy like, for you, huh?
2: Yeah, I was like, high five. Good on you. you All right.
1: go? No, <laughs> for real. I think I would much rather, like, if Mark ever left me for another woman, just it's the end. Like, just kill me now. Yeah. But, like, if he was gay, I, I, I'd I, I probably would more be like, okay, wow, I mean, shock factor. But then I'd almost kind of be like, you know what? I've always wanted a gay friend, like a gay best friend. <laughs> this might actually work. And then there's no. I would feel honestly, Go shopping like together. there was Ooh. no jealousy though, because <clears throat> I'm not jealous of a man. But like, right. if you leave me for another like hot chick, oh, well, if they're leaving
0: this. you for the same sex, you can't compete with that, right? Like you can't. Right yeah, yeah it's, so it, when it no when they're leaving you for another woman you know like if our husband's left us for another woman it would kind of be like what does she have that i don't have but when yeah. they're leaving you for it's like oh the it's same a penis sex, you're like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a penis okay cool. yeah. okay it's a penis that's no.
2: all all right all right you know so it's to me it was just like all right whatever you know because the the pressure's now off you know there's no there's no comp, like you said. There's no competition. There's no animosity there. There's no frustration because, like every time I would see the guy, I'd be like, "Yo, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> like, yeah. I could just, I just want to strangle you, bro. It's just like, no questions asked. Just like, oh, you know. And you know, I was like wondering, like, man, I wonder if the guys could just drop a wing tank right on his house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> do whatever I got it. An accident. But,
1: <clears throat> well, so. Yeah. I want to ask you this, Sean. So I know that you've struggled with severe depression, anxiety in your life, like through a lot of this and in your bio that, you know, people can read on Mm -hmm. you, you kind of admit and open up to that. And so, um, what I want to know is we've had some listeners write in and tell us that they are kind of going through that right now, whether, um, you know, someone in particular husband just kind of walked out up and left the family. There's Mm -hmm. just not really a lot of answers, uh, there for her. And so what I want to know is like, how did you come out of that and kind of rise above your trials and that dark place? to get where you are now because you're such an uplifting motivationally, like uh, just amazing dude. So for people out there listening, you know, that's what you're all about. You are all about helping people kind of get there through faith, see all the positive. Yeah. Yeah. Lift people up. I mean, so, so how did you personally come out of that in the last year and kind of get to where you are now?
2: So you know, it was, it was a deep spiral. So like when everything started going down, um, I had, it, it was, it was crazy. So it's kind of backtrack a little bit. So it was August of 2017 when like my commander had told me, he's like, he found a loophole. We weren't really jiving. And he's like, I'm not going to reenlist you. So I had to get a, a lawyer to try to fight for my career. And at the time <clears throat> my marriage was crumbling. So I was like really in a very, very deep depression. That's like where it said everything. And I had, I'm, you know, I'll completely admit this. You know, I had everything planned. Everything, I was down. I kissed my little girl goodbye and I was like ready. I was like, that was it. And I walked out the house. And but what happened was that it was divine intervention. And, you know, God really, He saved me. Like I didn't have the copay in my pocket. And it just something was something was just grabbing me and said, call your doctor. So I called my doc and they were like, just come on in. Don't even worry about anything. Just come in now. So I went in. And well, Sean, he,
1: wait, will you, do you mind sharing? Cause I know we've kind of discussed this before. Sure. Do you mind opening up and sharing about that experience just briefly? Like you kind of oh, yeah. did have it planned. Yeah. You kissed your little yeah. girl
2: Yep, I, your car. Was, I was ready to roll. I was ready to roll. So like I had everything planned, like, you know, here in South Jersey, there's a lot of woodlands and stuff like that. So I had it planned where I was just, I was literally just going to go like 20 miles out and wrap my car around a tree. And cause I knew that it was going to take them a couple of days just to even find me you know, so, and even then, so I, I knew there are I,
1: people, you know, listening right now that really are, might be in that deep place of just, sure, you know, sure. feeling super lost. And so not to have you kind of go back to that place, but just like, no, I think
2: no, not at all. It, it's fine. It's You it's are
1: very fine. serious and you were very low in that place. Yep. And so I think that's why it makes your story even more amazing that you were in that car and, and, and then tell what happened.
2: Yeah, so when I was in the car, I got in the car, and I, all I could do was, like, I was literally just crying, just just crying, and I was, I was really looking for a reason not to do it, you know, it, it was just reason, because at the time, I was like, you know, in the Air Force, that's all I knew, that, that's all I was, you know, that's who I identified with, That's who I, that was my identity, I was. it was, Sean was the crew chief, it was Sean the crew chief, it was Sean the airplane guy, it was Sean the Air Force guy, you know, so when that was getting taken away, and my character, my integrity was being attacked, it just it just took me to another place. And then plus, when her and I she were still living together, when all was going down, and I had to deal with that on a daily basis, and I was getting attacked by, and I again, I had no family around me. No, my clear, my closest relative literally lives two and a half hours away. So I had no nobody, I had nobody. So I was like, you know, that's it. I'm done. I'm ready to go. I said, Lord, you know, thank you. It's been awesome, you know, and I got in the car and all I was doing was crying. I was just crying and crying. And, but I started pleading to, I just started pleading to God. I started pleading to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you have anything else left for me, if anything, there's anything else left in the tank, please just show me a sign. Just please, Lord, just show me a sign. I don't want to do this, but if, if you don't show me, I'm, it's going to happen. That's the way it is. And as I'm driving, something just kind of just pulled me like to the left. And it was just and I got went near the airport and stuff. And because as ever since I was a kid, I was the airplane guy ever since I was a kid. I I loved aviation. So when I kind of drew me to the left and where I was near the airport, it just kind of just felt right. And then just something in me was just saying, call your doctor. And I was like, no, nah, I was fighting. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to call the doctor because if I do that, then it's going to be even worse for my career. And I don't want to do that. And I, <clears throat> so I went it up. I was like, all right. I called my doctor. And then I was like, listen, I don't even have the copay. I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm like on the edge. And they're like, we can hear it. Just come on in. Don't worry about the copay. Don't worry about anything. Just come on in. So as soon as I got there, the doctor was like, oh my God, Sean, like, I could just see it in your face, man. He's like, you have so much on your plate. He's like, you have so much on He was, we, I no, I can't even let you leave here. Like I got to put you on some sort of medication. You got, you have anybody to call. And so I ended up having, I called a buddy of mine and uh, he came by, you know, he, he helped me go home and stuff. And he was like, listen, just, you know, you can crash at my place for a couple of days or whatever. And just kind of just chill out, you know, just kind of get your mind at ease. And so I got put on, you know, I got put on the medication, but most importantly, I got hooked up with a a therapist, which, you know, and I went to two therapists. I went to a therapist on base, and then I went to another therapist outside. And I highly, highly, highly recommend everyone, if you're in this spot, if you are in this spot where you feel like you're against the wall, where there's no way out, I'm going to tell you right now, there is a way out. And if you're alive, it's because you have a purpose. And that purpose is yet to be fulfilled. And I'm going to tell you something right now, and I tell everybody this, is that if, if you're going to keep from the world your purpose, whatever it may be, you're being more selfish than the, the most selfish person in the world, what any other person could hurt you. Because if you're denying the world, your purpose, your beauty, what God has put in your heart, then I, there's, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing else more selfish you have to show the world your beauty. You have to show the world what you're made of. You have to show the world what God put in your heart. Because if you don't, how are we going to expect to leave not only a legacy and create a legacy for our children, especially for parents, but for those around us, those who are suffering, those who are seeing you go through the same thing and maybe going through worse or, or, or not as worse. They just are just going through a hard time and they need that guidance. You have to do that for them for that purpose for yourself. And so go see a therapist, go see a doctor, go see somebody who can help you because it's gonna be that point that was that's gonna be your basically your pivot point. And that's what it was for me, it was a pivot point. Because even after that, I would go to the, when I would go to work, and that was my solemn place, that was my happy place. When i go to work, that was my happy place, you know? <clears throat> yeah I worked around thirty million dollar airplanes, super cool stuff and wore the uniform you know all the good <laughs> stuff you know so right, man, you know platform. yeah yeah you know so but and for me, I was a senior guy so and me being the the, the big kid that I am, especially getting get inside the jet started up through all that so that was like my, my happy place yeah. I couldn't even be happy like I would be in the jet doing what's called an engine run so I'd literally get in the jet started up and play with all the all the electronics and stuff. And I was literally in the jet and I'm crying. All right. I'm like crying. And then my crew chief on the ground is like, hey, Sarge, you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm going off calm. I turned off the, the radio and I'm just like, it's like be silent so you he can hear me. And then I, you know, like let him know I'll go back on. I'm like, all right, I'm shutting down and shut off the radio again. And then I pop the canopy and I'm just like in tears. My eyes are red. He's like, you okay? I was like, shut up and go do some pushups. Get out of my face. <laughs> <And
1: I'll just laughs> So but, uh, so you, you get with this therapist, I, I have to say too, man, for a second there, I like forgot I was on a podcast. I was seriously like, I'm mean, at like
0: speaking to my soul. I had a friend a few years ago that took his life and what you said resonated with me. Like I'm, I was literally almost in tears just hearing you say that because there were so many people hurt over his decision yeah. and I, I still hurt over that
2: you know so i'm sure we've all heard the uh the statistic that there's 22 veterans a day on average that take their lives i had two friends two of my friends one whom i i i flew with awesome guy he was one of my boom operators and i had another guy that i trained as a crew chief who um i i man it gets me choked up to this day and um They took their lives. One was because he was severely depressed and he wouldn't tell anybody. And then the other one was he had severe financial issues. And then, and he was such an awesome dude. Like he would, he would come and he was like a magician. He was literally a magician. He would come into work and start doing magic tricks. Oh, what's up, man? He's like, hey, wild man, what's going on? I was like, come on, I'm going to launch a jet today. He's like, no way. I was like, all right, here we go. (laughs) You're doing it anyway. He's like, you know, but uh, he was such a, a life you know, life of the party, you know, and
1: oh, so tragic.
2: Yeah. And, and all it is that if you were able to talk to someone, if you have that outlet, you know, if you're there, you still have a purpose. You have so, a purpose.
1: So you got, you got a therapist on and, and so how, what next? Did that kind of just therapy? How did you get into all of this? you know, motivational type like Yeah, how did you
0: get into being so uplifting after going through yeah. such a shitty situation?
1: Because listen, man, when you were just talking, I seriously, I wit and I were both like, I think this is the most quiet I've <laughs> ever a, been. A, I think this is the most quiet I've literally ever <laughs> been in my life here. And then me and Wit together, like I was like, oh I, was I feel like, like
0: staring. Like, I'm
1: like <laughs> No, so yeah, people can't you we, you know you can't see this right now, but we're actually live like face to face with Sean over the computer. And so yeah, me and Whit are just staring at the computer at and like talking. Like I thought I was at some church group or something. I don't even know. I thought I was just like
0: some uplifting talk. Yeah, oh, sure. I know it
1: was beautiful. And then I thought, oh shit, we're on a podcast. We got to we, we uh, need to really at say something. What do we say next? Sean. I know. <laughs> you're amazing, man. So yeah, how did you get into all of this?
2: So, you know, I've always been I've always been my faith has always been rooted in me. You know, I. I don't look it, I don't sound it, but yes, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm, I'm what you call a New Yorican. I'm a New York born Puerto Rican. Okay, so-
1: uh, <laughs> He does not <laughs> like Puerto Rican. No, not at
2: all. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I lived in Vegas for a couple of years and I used to hustle people because they would try to guess my nationality and then since I'm a New Yorker and I, my voice would be, you yeah. know, my, yeah. my accent would start coming out, you know, is it coming out now? And they'd be like, oh, what are you? Polish? I was like, Polish? Come on, man, really? You know, you'll, you'll never guess, you know? <laughs> $20 here, $20 there, you know, but That's awesome. um, so you know, with as as a Hispanic family, you know, deep rooted in Catholic faith and stuff. So faith has always been part of my life. But it really honestly, and I know it kind of sounds cliche, but it really wasn't until like after 9/11 to where I really started understanding my path to the Lord and really kind of getting there. Because right after 9-11 I actually got to see, I was actually down to ground zero three days after everything happened. So I actually saw the devastation. I saw families, you know, I saw all the the faces of, it was, I I still get choked up to this day. Like every 9-11, you know, I go into like a little hole, I say a prayer and I like, I'm like crying because I'll never forget. I'll never, ever forget. But so that really kind of started me on my path. And when I was just entering the military, you go through what's called military entrance process station, MEPS, and they used to give you like the New Testament. So they gave me, I still have it to this day. So I would read it. And then my my instructor, when I came back, he was like almost like a pastor. So he kind of took me under his wing and kind of started to lead me on that path to the Lord. So that's always been in me. So that's always, I've always been close. And it wasn't until like after my divorce, literally five days after my divorce, I was baptized in my church. So it really started taking off. But I've always liked to be a mentor. I've always liked to be in that role to where I can teach. And that's why when I was in the military, I was, one of the, I was a lead training instructor for my crew chiefs. And I would always try to inspire them because being a crew chief, it's rough. You're always in the suck. You know, you're always in bad weather and whatever. But you got to kind of have to be uplifting. You always have to be, have that, you know, that mindset about you. But when you're going through something like this where you don't understand, you don't get it, where where the anxiety and the uncertainty is just overwhelming, you gotta kind of find a base, you gotta kind of find a foundation. And for me, it was the Lord. It really was my faith. And that's what really got me out of everything. That's what really truly got me out of everything because I wanted to live for him. I wanted to have his purpose. I wanted his will. But also I knew. That if I ended my story, what are my kids going to think? What are my close friends going to think? What are my other family members? I'm going to be letting them down. And then now I'm going to leave to chance that my ex is going to do the right thing and find someone who's going to be man enough to step up and raise my kids the right way. Or just her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. That was something that-
1: like when you're in it, you do, you feel like it is just the end of the world for you. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's so interesting when you get like the people that are in it right now and kind of in that space, they, it's so hard for them to hear, listen, it will get better. It yeah. does yeah. get better because when you're in it, you're like a oh, screw you, you know, but you're at rock bottom. You're, you're rock bleak. Bottom. You don't
0: see and not only that, it's, the light it's, in the it's, tunnel. It's,
2: yeah, and not only that, there's a stigma. There's a stigma with mental illness. Right. And let me tell you something. Depression is a mental illness. It is. You yeah. know, there, there's a, a, a whether it's a chemical imbalance or whatever. You know, something that you know PTSD doesn't matter. It's there's a stigma, and that stigma is well, especially for guys. The stigma is well. Guess what, dude? You're a man. Suck it up. You know, we're the, yep. we're the ha- we're the harvesters, we're the hunters, we're the warriors. You know, we're we're the providers. But guess what? Suck it up. Put your big boy pants on and go to work. You yeah, know?
0: you guys don't I, – I, I do see that things are changing now, but you guys don't get to show the emotion. You guys are just supposed to hide nope. that. You're not yeah. supposed to have any kind of emotion, you know.
2: And even in the military, you know, if you show some of that, they're like, oh, well, man, come here. Let's talk to you for a second, you know. You're like, I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm good. Why are you wiping your tears? No, I'm good. I'm good.
0: Colonel, I'm good, sir. I'm good.
2: You're like, no, because you don't want that taken away. And it's
0: exactly you know, I
2: mean. And it's, and it's been getting better. And there has been it's been getting better in the military also. So I can't completely knock it. But still, there there's that stigma. It's that stigma that needs to be broken. And I'm here to tell you as a man, you are less. I'm going to tell you flat out. You are less of a man if you can't sit there and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need help. Bottom line.
1: Yeah. Bottom so line. True.
2: If you're if you're gonna let your pride control you, then you're just gonna lead to a disaster because you're leaving your emotions control your mind and your decisions. And when anybody lets their emotions do create any kind of decision, it's always bad.
1: Right. Yeah. It's so for bad. for like our six listeners out there that are dudes. This one's for you this one's for you, guys. Don't yes. be afraid to show your emotions no yes,
2: you know, but even though but but even just for anyone when if you're just becoming if you're if you're doing decisions on emotion, just raw emotion, it's going to lead to a very, very bad decision i and the way I kind of describe it is this is like, all right, you pull up to the gas station and you know you got your car, your truck, or whatever. You know, you got the gasoline, you're getting, you're starting to pump it, right? I mean, not out in Jersey, everybody pumps it for you, which to me kind of pisses me off. That's
0: but interesting. Anyways,
2: hate <laughs> that, that. That's a
0: thing, hate. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> but, but if you get, but if you, you take that gas and you start spraying it all over the place, right? And you take that match, we've all seen the YouTube videos of dudes, you know, gas stations going up in flames and stuff. What happens? Everything just gets charred. Everything just gets destroyed. And then you got to end up re- just rebuilding, right? But if you take that same gas pump, you're at the gas pump, you take that same handle, you put it in your truck, your car, whatever, and you put it in a container. Now you have fuel to drive you wherever you need to go. Use that fuel as your, that, those are your emotions. But when you put it in a container and you're able to transfer it to something that is going to drive you as a vehicle to wherever you go, whether it's slow, fast, doesn't matter, that's your passion. And see, that's what you she,
1: have to see, do see the first scenario that's like welcome to being a woman we just spray that shit all over the place <laughs> it's up in flames man yeah. before we know it we're just like, what happened like we're <laughs> exactly. sitting all charcoaled we don't even know what the hell just went down we're Crying in
0: the middle of the ashes we're
1: crying in the middle of the ashes like that's what it's like being a girl it's like almost the opposite I mean well, I'm not gonna speak for all of us but at least me. Yeah. Just (laughs) emotionally led. I love, I'm always going to think about the gas tank in the container now, just like freaking contain it. Like you're amazing.
0: Exactly. So Sean, that, that, uh, leads me to, um, your tactic that you called, well, I guess that's called OODA loop. Yes. So can you explain how that works and how people can apply that to their fears and their struggles and what they're going through?
2: Sure, absolutely. So the OODA loop is the brainchild of Colonel John Boyd. Colonel John Boyd back in the 50s was a fighter pilot uh, for the U.S. Air Force. And um, this is how we train our fighter pilots. This is how we train them to think. Um, You always want to think two steps ahead uh, of the person. So what you're doing is the OODA loop, what it does is it embraces uncertainty. That's what it's designed to. So OODA, let's
1: tell them O-O-D-A.
2: Correct. It's an acronym. Yeah, it's an acronym for observe, orient, decide, and act. Okay, so it's and it's in a, and if you look at it, it's in a circle, so it's constantly going. And what it does is it it creates it embraces the uncertainty to create a predictable outcome. Because listen, you get up every morning, you can have your normal routine, go to work, come back. But the minute Murphy comes knocking on the door, and he's gonna come knocking on the door, ready really to collect. Up. You know, it could be like yo brett i know you want watching coffee but guess what i've got a ton of stuff to you guess what the washing machine just broke guess what there's water all, <laughs> all over the place you know you know hey witt guess what you ain't getting your coffee this morning because there's like a 30 car pileup down i-15 and you ain't going nowhere you know what i mean and guess what guess what you got to use the bathroom and you ain't going nowhere all right you know it's it's that's it's, it's that thing. So it's embrace that uncertainty and then life we're always going to have uncertain times. And what happens? We become emotional and then we get emotional. So what the OODA loop does, it breaks down all that information and then it, you, it filters everything through so you can make a predictable outcome. So we'll take from the top, you observe everything. So you, this is your information gathering phase. This is where you get all the information. And remember... When you're in a situation, 60% of that that information you can use, but there's a void, and there's a 40% void, where it's either rumor, it's false information, you don't have any information whatsoever, it doesn't matter, but just like in anything else, whatever void is there, you're going to have to fill it, and it's up to you to fill it with either good stuff or bad stuff, that's your choice, okay? So... You take that 40, 40% Yeah, you don't have, so you take the 60% and you filter it out. So you have all this information, you gather all your information, whatever, then you move to your orientation part. So when you orient yourself, this is where everyone gets hung up. It's just basically like putting this stuff in your GPS and kind of pointing in the right direction. But if you don't put the right information in there, you're gonna get stuck. This is where people get frustrated, people start getting, you know, like I said, they get hung up and they get lost. So you go to the orientation phase, and then you weed out all the bad stuff. And this is where you fill that 40% void with the actual real, real intel on the ground stuff. So let's just say, let's use a scenario real quick so people can understand. So let's just say, all right, you're going to work, right? There's a traffic accident, right? And you're trying to, you have to get to work. You're running behind, okay? So you observe everything. You can't see what's happening ahead, but you know that there's, there's traffic, right? So you take all that information and say, okay, I know the back roads here. I just need to get to the next intersection to get to uh, access some of those back roads. So right there. So you've observed all the information. You see what's around you. So you're going to orient yourself to get to that best possible direction. So you're going to move your truck, your car, whatever vehicle you're in to get over to that lane, to get to that intersection, to go to that next level. So once you've decided on that best next possible route, you're going to act on it. And then once you're on that route and once you've gone, gone through that action, then you go back to the observation phase because those back roads, they might have been flooded out. There might be more people trying to go through there. You know, you might not be the only person that knows about it, you know, so they're trying to get through there also. So what do you do? You orient yourself into another best possible way. So you read, you read, you go keep going through it over and over and over. So what it does is as you keep going through it, you filter out all the nonsense. And you get to just that meat and potatoes where you know directly exactly what's going on and you have that predictable outcome, you know?
1: Okay. So I want to put this into, so we had a listener write in and I want to see for her, I know listening to this episode. Um, I want to see if we can use this tactic in more of a, you know, cause traffic, things like that, that's always great. That kind of narrows it, simplifies it for people. Right. But what about like an actual thing? So we have a listener that wrote in, she's trying to overcome she feels like she's blaming herself for everything. You know, husband kind of walked out, left her and their son. Um, the son's feeling really angry. She just doesn't have answers, you know? And so she's feeling really discouraged and she keeps blaming herself for everything in the relationship or why it ended. Um, so, you know, can you use a, the OODA loop tactic and ways of thinking for situations like this?
2: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, so the key is to, to remember, you want to contain those emotions. That's, that's the key. So that's why when you're in that observation phase, that's basically what you're doing. You're, you're containing those emotions. So, you know, she has no answers. You know, she's got a kid who's, you know, very upset, you know, and, then trying to, you got all these outside influences happening and stuff like that. So you observe all this. So you sit there and say, what can you do right now today to control? You have to take it one step at a time um, because what happens is in these situations they become so overwhelming and that's where the anxiety comes in that you start thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow how's it going to spill in tomorrow and then just snowballs from there so yeah. the OODA loop helps you break down to into, into moment by moment so you observe what do you what can you do that's predictable right now in this moment and what can you do to settle yourself so You know, if it means that, okay, I can get therapy for myself and my family, then what's the best way I can do that? Where can I go to do that? You know, who do I talk to for that? Who can I, you know, get all this stuff going on? And then you orient yourself so you can trust the most and stuff like that. And then what you do is you go and you orient yourself into the best possible direction. So you have, you'll break it down to like maybe three or four best choices. So you have your three or four best doctors that you want to go to your three or four best, you know, therapists or whatever. So, and then you're going to decide on which one. So on that decision phase, you're going to see, okay, well, this won't work out because they're too far. This won't work out because this is, you know, my, um, you know, my insurance won't cover it or whatever. So then you break it down to like the, the two best and then you act on the best one and then you go from there. And then once you go into the observation, you go back into observation.
0: Sorry, we have a military helicopter flying over the house right now. So,
1: <laughs> If anyone heard that, that was for you, Sean.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> so I'm <talking> <laughs> that's go what
1: happens it. when you are unedited on a podcast and yeah. <laughs> you planes and helicopters flying overhead. Well, yes. I love the idea.
2: Flying.
0: I think that's, that's perfect because it gives people a way to really think through instead of just sitting down and crying or lashing out, it gives you a way to think through all these situations and try to come out with a better app, come it, up with a better outcome.
1: It really can relate to anything. I mean, even here's the deal with situations like this, where this listener wrote in, it's like, this, this is the shit that's hard because you can't control it. You right. can't control. I mean, you know, like your wife, left, walked out with the kids, you know, left you with the kids and, and is doing all sudden like you have no control over it. And this listener, no control over these things. And those are some of the hardest situations because you really don't have the answer sometimes. And so it can feel so frustrating, so confusing, but I think, um, I, I don't know, like, what would you what do you have any advice on just cuz you are so uplifting for people out there that are kind of going through the blame blaming sure. themselves
2: all right so i'll be a little bit harsh right now but I'll, but it's the truth and this is what really helped me um <clears throat> number 1 you can only do but for you all right whatever that other person did is none of your business and the minute you try to make it your business is the minute that you start adding anxiety to your life because then you're going to want to go you go into that mode of well, what happened this, why didn't they do this, why didn't they do that, why didn't, when you break down any relationship, I, most of the time what happens is, is that we go from thinking, if this person only would do what I say, you know, you go to your your, your husband, you're like, dude, just listen to me, just, just do what I say, you know, or how many times, I can't tell you how many times I said, if this woman would just listen to what I say, <laughs> things would be perfect, we wouldn't have any problems. I would, oh they, things would be perfect. Life would be good, you know. But instead of going from that, and you got to go into how can we discuss this? There's a difference. You go from if you or listen to me to hey, let's us we discuss this. Okay. That goes into hey, we can communicate and stuff. And then what happens is a lot of relationships they break down because of it's always listen to me, listen to me, you know, or I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. You're not going to control me, you know. And they go and and then now you're just trying to fix whatever you think is missing in their life, and then you try to fix them, and that's that breaking down point. And once you get to the point, you have to understand you have to cut that off. What they're doing now is none of your business. That is none of your business because you're gonna create more from yourself and you are now, just all you're doing is hurting yourself. Focus on you. You focus on you by getting better. You don't go and you know, focus on them continuously. You gotta focus on you. So the first, thing, first things first is eliminate that. Tell yourself, it's none of my business. They're going to do what they want to do anyway because obviously they've already done that. So how can I make myself better? Where I do that, I find myself? I you think know? something
1: too like being a woman, something I kind of – because I felt that way. Just no control. Like, okay, you know, if he doesn't want to be with me – Oh, well, yeah. I felt know. the same way too. Yeah. If he doesn't want to be here, it's kind of like – it. 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 it's a very hard place to get to. But I think sure. once you can get there and just go, listen, I can't – Change this. I can't fix. But to blame yourself for everything is is a difficult emotion, yeah, you and you got to get to you that learn. place. Yeah. You well, I think learn. what helped me through my
0: stuff because even though I'm the one that had the affair, you know, I mean, there were things that in our marriage that weren't perfect. But the thing that helped me, I think, grow, learn, and move forward was owning up to the all the mistakes that I had made in yes. there, Right. Yes. Yes. It was. Absolutely. It was, you know, that I didn't communicate well with him and I I hid my feelings and that, you know, I started telling him, I started kind of cutting him off from some parts of my life because I was unhappy with the way things were going. So I had to own up to all of the mistakes that I had made in order to fix them and move forward.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you do. It's kind of like, like I said, you got to kind of debrief yourself, but you got to really look hard into yourself and say, all right, what did I do wrong? What, what could I have done better? But also you, that don't let that lead down to that rabbit path where you're going to just beat yourself up constantly. You can't. Exactly. because you can, you, you, It's you gotta, not
0: constructive. No,
2: it's not. And, and here's a school of thought on that. There's nothing you can do right now that's going to change that past. Nothing. It's already written. It's done. It's over. But if you change that mindset to understand that your future isn't written, your future is what you determine it to be. You know, God already has a plan for you. He wants you to follow that plan. He wants you to follow his plan because his plan is way better than ours. And then if you sit there and you don't focus on that, and if you don't have some sort of faith, you don't have some sort of foundation, that's what's going to continue to lead you down that rabbit hole. And it's going to continue to lead you down that path. And you're going to continue to wander. And then you're going to continue to get hurt. And you don't want that. I think
1: too, there's an element where you kind of have to get, and I, and I have this, you know, specific listener in mind, obviously, but to where I kind of look at it like this and I I don't know her personal situation. I don't know the full story. Um, she just kind of wrote in with some of these questions for us. Um, but I look at it this way. Like if he left, and that's his, like, you deserve better than that.
0: Absolutely. You deserve
1: more than that because somebody who who wants to be here and loves you, they will be here loving yes. you even through yes. the hard shit yep. until you both get to a point where you decide this just isn't working. So I, you know, my wish for her is to really kind of be able to get to that place in her mind where she can feel I, I deserve more than this. So and as I, much as this sucks and it hurts and my son is angry and we don't really understand, we deserve more than this. Absolutely.
2: Know? And and that's what you have to understand that, that you're going to come to that point where you're going to understand that. Yes, I do deserve. Cause I, I was the same thing. I was like, as soon as she left, I was like, what don't I have? Well, what is it that I, I, you know, here I am, I've got a great career, you know, I, I've never cheated, you know, and this and that what what is it that i don't have that she's looking for you know and you are always going to doubt yourself you're going to sit there and you're going to be your own worst critic but when you sit down and say you know i have so much more to offer i have so much more that i can i can give someone you know does this person deserve me or why am i trying to fix this person or you know you don't need to do that you you should just go and say yeah there's going to be somebody out there for me there is someone out there for me there's there is someone out there for me you know and <laughs> I, I I deserve it. I deserve to be happy because even in scripture, you know, it says you know you need it. You know, man and woman were designed to be together to to you know to create something. And that's, well, speaking
1: that's- of yeah. having somebody out there for people, let's talk about the dating world, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it
1: do it. Let's do it. like all the day. How is uh? Are you dating, Sean? What are you doing?
2: Negative. I am single. All right, I am single. So, ladies, hit me up.
0: <laughs> right. if you no. want yourself a jersey man yeah this guy is single but red and mingle.
2: yes but it, it's hard because um for me anyways because I, I put my kids first i'm thinking yeah. about them um i don't want them to think that i'm replacing them like my daughter came to me a couple of weeks ago it was a couple of months ago she comes to me she goes dad why aren't you why don't you have a girlfriend i go i don't need one right now i'm good and then she's like well, mommy has, you know, she she has her girlfriend now said, listen, here you guys are only gonna be young this once. That's it. Daddy has plenty of time to find somebody. I say, right now, I just wanna have this moment with you guys because I won't have it again. So once I once God says, Hey, I got somebody for you, all right then. It's kinda like, you know, the the old joke in the military, they say, you know if if Uncle Sam wanted you to have a wife, he would have assigned you one, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you know, but it's- Well,
1: so, which is really sweet of you. Honestly, that's really, that's a great perspective to have, you know, um, to kind of, I like that, that your kids are only this age once and there's time for that later. Yeah. But have you- You know, have you been on dates? Have you? Oh yeah. How do you make that work with the four girls? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I've got I got one boy, three girls. Oh, oh, okay. And and two female cats. Go figure. (laughs) So they outnumbered. Yeah. Oh, big time. So, (laughs) um, I've you know I've done the dating sites, done all that stuff, and I've been on a couple dates. And what I try to do is because I want to shield it from them. I don't want them to know my my private life. They don't need to know my private life, and I don't want them thinking that number one, I'm going to replace my time with, you know, their time with whatever I want to do. I also, also, I want someone that if they're going to be, if they're worthy enough, if they're worthy enough, then they're going to understand what my life is and that's my children. And then, so I want to make sure that I have spent enough time with that person to understand them, to basically interview them, you know, essentially because if they're going to be part of my life, they got to understand that they have to step up and understand that I'm a package deal. Oh, for you know? sure. Yep. So, and if they're, if they're not down with that, if they're not willing to understand that or accept that, because it's not fair to them also to go into this blindly and say, you know, Hey, I thought it was just going to be you and me. It's just going to be you and I, that was it. And then I say, Hey, I got some baby mama drama for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> You know, so...
1: Baby, Mama Drama guy. who also has a mama too over there. Yes.
2: Yo, come on. This is going to be great. We can go on Mori together. It's going to be awesome. Oh you know?
1: Oh, is Mori Kovic still on?
2: I think so. <laughs>
1: oh, man. I that was like it. my favorite thing to watch after school. I loved it. <laughs> I really was. That it's made like, me. That made me so happy. Just like I mean, was Super that. inappropriate for me to watch after school, but I yeah. loved
0: that show. I watched yeah, so much so, inappropriate things. But
2: <laughs> but dating's pretty hard. It really is. Dating's pretty hard. And don't get me wrong. Do I get lonely? Yes. Do I want to? You know, finally have someone and settle down. Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, I I, I absolutely am looking forward to one day getting married again and. And, and sharing my life with someone and stuff like that, you know, especially, you know, I'm 41. So, you know, I, I, I want to do that. You know, I want to be able to share that stuff. My youngest is three, you know, yeah. she, she, I want somebody to, I want her to look up to someone also, you know, like, I, she has her mom and I'm not trying to replace her mom at all whatsoever. And I tell them that every single day I said, you know, the day that daddy finds somebody, it's not because I want to replace mommy. It's because, you know, daddy wants to be happy too, you know? And so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and
1: well, and then, you deserve that. And I, you know, we we had a listener too that asked, "When is it too soon to date?" Like, just basically, if we had thoughts on when is it too yeah. soon, or when do you introduce How long do you your kids wait, yeah, to introduce yeah. the
0: kids to the person you're dating?
2: And here's 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 a school th- thought on that because the minute you, everything's over, the first thing you want to do is, "Yo, I'm going to the bar, getting drunk, and we're having some fun." You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it's, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's not, especially nowadays, you just get hit with a charge. And <laughs> cool, you know? So but you just want to you got it. You got to ease into it. You really do. You have to ease into it. You know, when yeah. you're ready, you'll know you, you'll know you're ready because you, you don't ever want to push a bad situation. You know, you don't ever yeah, want to push.
1: It to have somebody, yeah. See, exactly. well, and Whitney and I don't. We kind of talked about this. We don't have normal situations. I mean, Whitney walked away with Brad, you know, right. automatically, and I honestly was not single for very long. And I probably went on like two different dates, and then Mark, my husband now, was like, I met him right, pretty much thereafter, you know, and right. so. We, we kind of talked about that. We're like, man, we really don't have the, we don't have a single mother dating. We yeah. don't have the dating stories.
0: Really. You,
2: you, you're not, you're not missing anything. It's all good. Oh, <laughs> you're you're, you're really good. Magic. You didn't miss anything. I'll tell you right now. You didn't miss anything. It's just, and especially like one of the dating websites, man, I was so disappointed going on there thinking like, <laughs> Oh man, look look at these, these women that, you know, you, you go on the ads and they're like super hot. We're like, Oh yeah. All right. Now we're talking about it. That's what I'm talking about. And you go on there. You're like, where is this who is this no it's like no one you, looks like their picture no no I'm like, can, is, is the dude from mtv gonna come showing up at my door am i gonna get catfish? no
1: <laughs> no mark and i my husband and i are so obsessed with the show catfish we love it love it love it uh, and i swear it is such a real thing out there that's what would be yeah. out i we we're gonna have we need to have a whole episode <laughs> on catfish on oh my gosh there's no because my ex-husband uh, i got catfished
2: once i wasn't happy no yes yes
1: this episode yes. just got good right now Let's
2: go. <laughs> yeah i got catfished it was it was a pretty quick story so i met this chick online and yes. she lived up in rhode island and we we're like talking back and forth and what have you and then you know she would show me these pictures and she looked i was like gorgeous I Was like all right sweet so and this is back when like you know we had webcams you know not like you know like the old old like Half a megapixel webcam, you know what I mean? That, you know that, you know back for back in the day, like when you're looking at the the naughty pictures, you know, you it's all fuzzy and stuff, you know, like, oh, that kind of stuff. So, we would go up. I went and bought her a webcam. I was like, Yeah, come on, we'll, we'll, I'll go up there. I'll go up to Rhode Island. It's just a couple of hours from north of New York. Not a big deal. I'll drop single. I didn't care. I'd drive wherever I wanted. So, man, I went up there and I went to surprise her, and her neighbor comes out. And she's like, yeah, who are you? I was like, um, do, you, do you know like Donna that she's living here? She's like, there's no Donna there. She's like, this Don. I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what?
1: <laughs> no. She's like,
2: yeah. And I, I took a picture. I was like, this, and I, it was her picture from uh, MySpace at the time. So I was like, yeah, this is MySpace. Oh, she goes, nice, you're like, no, that's, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's Don's ex girlfriend. I was like,
0: oh my gosh. What? Oh, no. so I was
2: like, yo, I'm like,
0: He's using thank his God. Earthquake.
2: I'm like, thank God that I didn't meet this person because it would I, I would have been in jail a long time ago. Oh okay.
0: my gosh! Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So I drove up to Rhode Island. Rhode that's, Island, dude. dude oh that's so crazy. I love this story, though. I do at <laughs> your expense. I love this story. <laughs>
2: it, t- I got tons. I got tons. Oh, man. Oh, man. I All tried.
1: right, Wait, next episode in the future, we're just gonna have a catfished. Sean's dating catfish story. Oh, I
2: got great stories, great stories. Seriously. Uh,
1: we do dating though. It's got to be hard. I mean, round bring that bring that back full circle, yes. where we started dating after divorce, single life, single parent life. It's all well, when you have kids too. Like no matter what. Like yes, I walked away with Brad,
0: but even still, like. Dating when you have children is completely different. It's not just like, "Hey, let's go to the movies at ten o'clock at night." It's like, "Hey, well, okay, well, we need to get a sitter," or like, it (laughs) changes things completely. It is, it is totally different. Oh man! So you have kids, yeah.
1: So when Mark and I first started dating, and we got pretty serious pretty fast. We just both kind of knew, like, this is, this is, this is kind of different, you know. And anyway, my son at the time was a year old and he had come over it. This was honestly probably his second time over at my town home at the time. Wow. And my son just like starts projectile vomiting, like all over oh, me, oh, just no. down me, <laughs> down me, all over me, all over everything, the hallway carpet, just everything. And at the time my husband was installing like some shelving above the washer and dryer for me, right? Like, Oh, single mom can't do anything. No. And (laughs) so he's installing this. I'm sitting on the ground, just kind of chilling with him. My son's on my lap, boom, barf everywhere. Let me tell you, that is like not the sexiest, you know, situation, obviously. (laughs) You know what? This is how I knew he was a keeper, man. He, cause I just, I I was like in shock. I'm sitting there just like, Oh shit. Like I don't (laughs) even know where to start. Like I almost, and I was so insecure too, from, you know, everything in my previous marriage. And I didn't really know myself then. I I wasn't secure yet. So I'm sitting there and all I could think of was to say, Hey, you can just leave. Like, (laughs) I yeah. did. I wanted to, so Good, I was like, just yourself save yourself. Like, just save yourself. Go find a nice gal out there <laughs> that doesn't have barf all over her. And he, you know, what he did, man. He picked up my son, went, filled up a bathtub, right. Started like giving my child in a non-creepy way. Cause that sounds like, you right. know, most people be like, Hey, this dude's giving uh, my what? kid a bath. <laughs> no, but like, I was right there too. But he was like, right. Hey, we got this. Like, go get yourself cleaned up. I'm going to run a bath. Now, my husband was also a dad. He right. had a child already, but I, I think I just sat there and I didn't move. And I remember sitting just in the pile of barf on the floor staring. And he was like, no, go get yourself cleaned up. I got this. And he's like, are you okay? And I said, I think I'm in shock, not from the barf, but because a man is actually like getting up and taking care of a kid that's not his and like just killing it. I mean, it was just the craziest thing. That's how I knew, but dating situations you with kids. Oh man. It's so different. It changes the whole dynamics of dating when you have kids. I think we might've, do we lose Sean? We have like a bad connection here all of a sudden.
2: Boom. All right.
1: Okay. we're.
2: Yeah. You're back. See technical difficulties when it's live. See, you know what that is? You know, that's the government. That's the government. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, we're just going to like, keep it going. Uh, yes. but yes, talking about the single, single life Yeah. and okay, man, let's see. This is totally Jack now. <laughs> okay. So we're going to kind of wrap this up here for any of you listeners that are struggling with any of these topics we talked about today. I want you guys, please, please, please go over, check out our buddy, Sean at faithfully led, uh, he just has that power to raise your spirits, help you get through any tough time you're going to and uh, going through. You can just hear it. Yeah. Even in this episode, like he knows what he's doing. He's you're a good guy, man. Thank you. Really. I appreciate it. That, that you so, a lot.
0: Thank you.
1: We're honored to have you on here. And I think people listening to you on this episode, you can hear it. You can hear it in you that you just
0: such a love for life and you're just so uplifting and inspiring. So we're, thank you for coming on. We're so excited that you, yeah, you're here with
2: us. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And and my prayer is that, that if any of your listeners hear this, and and if I can touch their lives, even just one of them, you know, it's, it's well worth it. You know, I mean, because life is so precious and things, things can happen in a second. And I would, I would, hate for any families to have to go through what I went through or anyone else had to go through without having to have someone to lean on or something to kind of go through, you know, and uh if this can help anyone, I, I that's my prayer. Really is that's my prayer.
1: So Faithfully Led is your podcast. Um yes. people can also we'll put your info out there, but people can also find you on Instagram, Facebook, yes. uh and and yeah, we we also want to give a shout out tonight. Uh, If anybody is going through a divorce right now, our friend Jack over at the account F Divorce. Yes, um, my
0: boy, my boy. I love Jack.
1: Sean, Sean, he we're all in the circle of Jack yes. at F Divorce. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> we love him. And you know, for anybody needing a little extra support there going through a divorce, his account is such an amazing community of people that are just all kind of in the same boat. And we all kind of reach into the same, we all kind of branch out a little bit because it's like, you know, get your support there and then get over to Sean and, you know, get yourself uplifted and then get yep. over to Brit and win. just like laugh, a yeah.
0: craziness, that just comes laugh, out
1: laugh at the shit show that, that's <laughs> going on too. <laughs> and then you guys stay tuned next week. We have a really exciting episode coming out where we have the hilarious Sarah from the blog, sometimes kids are dicks on the show. And that's going to be a super fun time as well. That's right.
0: So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Sean, for being here.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. I really appreciate it. You guys are like family now. I love you guys. All right. I love you guys. All
0: Christmas right, guys. cards so, and all. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, let's get real.